I'm Taylor Cranwell, and this is the Jackson City Social Club. You are listening to Not For Sale by Mary L., a singer, songwriter, and session guitarist based in little old Alexandria, Virginia. She has a cool, edgy rock and soul sound that to me gives a fresh perspective on old school R&B. A little birdie told me recently that she is working on some new material after COVID shut down her gigging and studio work. I know I am looking forward to checking it out and I hope you are too. On today's show, We get to chat with dual U.S. Bolivian national Scott Fernandez, an up-and-coming soccer player from the Northern Virginia region. Scott is seeking to take his talents professional after he finishes his college career at Frostburg State. In high school, Scott received numerous accolades for his play, including being on the top drawer soccer All-American list, as well as first team All-State, Region, and District on numerous occasions. In addition, he was part of the Olympic Development Program for two years and finished his prep career with the most high school wins in program history. From watching his highlight reel, as well as seeing him play with a local elite amateur team, Motorik FC, Scott clearly has quick feet, is confident on the ball, and has great touch on long diagonal passes over the top. Recently, Scott was contacted by the Bolivian under-20 national team for a trial and was planning a stint with the National Premier Soccer League team, Northern Virginia United. I caught up with Scott just after he moved into Frostburg State to begin his fall semester in 2020. Okay, Scott, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm just settling in my new campus here at Frostburg State. Yeah, I was surprised to see that you had gone out to Frostburg already. I forgot that. I mean, I know that colleges are are starting up and all, but I wasn't sure that that all of them were. Uh, and so I guess it's good that Frostburg's got its act together, right? Yeah, it's, been, it's definitely been a thrill. You know, you never know what's going to happen with the fall season getting canceled at the last minute. But at least we're having trainings every day, and that's what I hope for. That's what I came down for. So they are still planning to have a season? Uh, not a fall season, um, maybe a couple of scrimmages here and there, but the training, the training is still going to be on. It's going to be regular. Okay. That's what I know of. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, I, I, I told the listeners a little bit about your background in the preamble. Um, but I wanted to get, uh, your background actually. So where were you, where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born in Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, my parents are from Bolivia, so I have dual citizenship with America and Bolivia. And that's where I grew up till I was in my teen years when I moved to Alexandria, Virginia. And that's where it all started. And were your parents immigrants here or were they, were they also uh, from here originally? Yeah, they came in their uh, mid twenties. And I was the first one when they had, when they finally came here. Excellent. Excellent. So you, you said you moved to Alexandria when you were like 16. Is that what you said? Uh, Right, right before eighth grade. uh, Right in time to try out for the high school team. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was kind of new. We high school team here. Okay. Well, excellent. So, in, so in your soccer, when did you first uh, start sort of playing soccer and, and really get into it? How old were you? 
Um, so that, that was a topic me and my father talked about a lot uh, when I started young. And he's always told me how I was – I always went with him to the soccer field because he, he does still play until this day. And I would always go with him on Sundays to play some footy, always play around. And then I got into recreational soccer when I was in first grade and kept playing until I was like 13 before going so you, to travel. So you were playing recreational footy when you were in, in, in kindergarten with your dad? Uh, yeah, that's where it started in Anadolu <laughs> soccer that's all the way till my 13th. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty good. The, uh, so when did, did you get on a travel team early on? You started, you said you started with rec. Um, and how long were you yeah. playing rec before you sort of moved to the travel program? So for recreational, uh, I played all the way like till I was 13. When I was 13, I was already playing U19 recreational. You know, it started getting easy to me. And then that's when I decided to make the, like, I was starting to get more informed with how travel soccer here is in America. And that's when I finally decided to search around and I found Arlington soccer for, in time for the U14 season. Okay. So you played, did you, so you, you joined Arlington first and then you came to Alexandria or versus, yeah. I thought us on your resume, I thought it was the opposite. I thought you went from Alexandria then to Arlington. No, I, I was at Arlington for two years. Um, it, it was U14, and then it, it hit the birth years, then U14 to U16, and then for the U17 year, my sophomore year, I went to Alexandria for a year, and okay. then I came back to Arlington for, to finish off my senior year. Okay. All right. Well, well, that's good. And then at what point did you, well, when you were started playing travel, um, I, I know that you play the number 10 role now. That seems to be one of your primary, at least what I saw in your resume and on your, your highlights. But when you started playing travel, were you a natural number 10 or did you play different positions? When I started my career, uh, I was a left winger. I started mm -hmm. at left wing. Uh, I just loved going out of guys and scoring goals. I was, that's what my parents used to tell me, just go straight, score, score goals. That's why I started. It didn't get so travel when I was put in the midfield position because I was just so good on the ball at that level and the, the coach at that time was uh coach uh was it abby muhammad and he was a really good coach that really taught me all the fundamentals and that's where i learned how to play a center mid you know the 10 position and that's where it just took off ever since i yeah. i do play other positions but i feel more comfortable at the 10 or the 8. well that's what i was going to ask you do you feel most comfortable there obviously now it sounds like you do but i for my senior year was at the 10 uh but now i feel like with more advice, when the more talent coming up, I I, I dictate the play more at the eight, uh, okay. the box to box type of midfielder. Sure, sure. And then um, you don't play any defensive mid, right? Uh, number six or anything, or? I can play six. Yeah, I played six before. Um, it's just I prefer eight or ten. Okay. Yeah, I like going right. up. It, and so of the of the two programs of Alexandria and Arlington, which one did you kind of prefer to prefer? Which one did you feel was stronger? With the higher talents, I would definitely say it was Arlington. You know, Arlington has, has always had a big reputation. Uh, definitely, if you mention Arlington, anywhere in the DMV, anybody's going to know that that's one of the best teams around. Mm -hmm. Up there with McLean or BRYC or Loudoun. That's, it's definitely up there. Right. And then what, Alexandria has a better youth program, you think? Or is it? I, um, yeah, when I was down in Alexandria, we were uh, in Division One for the NCSL. And then we were also clinching for the region one league but mm -hmm. that, that that didn't turn out well that's what i was hoping for for the region one league but it just didn't turn out well well there 
the coaching, I feel at my time when I was at Alexandria was under Glenn Gray. Okay. Uh, a lot of Alexandria players definitely know him. I know a lot of, he's coached really good players, division one players, college players, academy players as well. And I just really loved how I spent my time there. That's why I really uh, admire. Really sharpened your skills. Yeah. It's like when I, when I went to Arlington, it wasn't more about learning the fundamentals or learning how to better your game. It's just, you got the best players on your team now. Go go win as a state cup uh, state cup championship. Okay. I was injured. That it was quite different. It wasn't like that. Okay. The uh, um, what was I going to ask you about Alexandria? Oh, I know. I know some kids that play here, and there's different. How soon were you on? Is it what they had certain levels? Is red, white, blue, black, silver? I think, and the red is the best, and white yeah. second. Is that is that correct? How soon did you move up in the Alexandria to be on the on the number one team when, once you start um, once you joined? So when I when I started my travel career, I I started at the the blue level. That's the C mm -hmm. level. So you know, right. jumping from recreational to travel, I started to see, and then it only took me one season to get up from playing with the just kids who are playing to be yeah. playing on the red team. And right. that, that really, that really, it's underestimated because I, I really love how that improvement happened in such a short period of time compared to these players who've been playing forever, playing at the high level. And I know my coaches, I was also, uh, at the time the red coach was Festus George and he, he's admired that as well. And that's, that's what I really like how I improved so much in that little time. When I came to Alexandria, um, I, I automatically made the red team. I was going to be playing a year up. Uh, that was my hope. I, instead of playing with my age group, I was going to be playing with the older guys. Okay. But then the director wanted guys to stay at their own age, and that's what made me leave Alexandria. So what do you attribute that to in terms of uh, your, your quick rise? Is that Do you think it's a natural ability, natural talent, or do you think you put in more work than the other guys did on sort of outside of, of the actual training? At that time, when I, when I finally went to uh, uh, Arlington Soccer in my first year, that was actually the year of my eighth grade in Alexandria. You could try out for your high school teams, although it was rare for eighth graders mm -hmm. to make uh, the high school team. I was one that made it. And that I trained every day as well with the, with the high school team. And I do feel like the training implemented and how I was playing really well. Because I, even at that young age, I love competing. I love getting better. And that definitely contributed to how the short time of how I rise. Right. Well, that's cool. No, that, that, that's good. It takes, I mean, it sounds like you have the determination and the tenacity to, to, to get, get the job done and, and improve yourself. Well, let's jump over to your high school career. So you went to the somewhat infamous T.C. Williams. Uh, there were movies about <laughs> yeah. it, obviously, but but as you know, the name T.C. Williams may be going away, so that may uh, that may uh, lower the profile of the high school a little bit. But uh. but which is which is too bad in some ways, but I think understandable in others. So um, but uh, so you you come to T.C. Williams, you 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 play all four years. Is that right? Uh, five years actually. <laughs> Oh, so you actually played from eighth grade? Yeah, from eighth grade all the way to my senior year. That's okay. why I made such a fun, uh, fun uh, like partnership with uh, Coach Peter Abed. You know, yeah. longest term I've ever had with a coach, and I, I he's like family now to me. So Abed was there when you arrived. Yeah, he was the coach who actually scouted me for my eighth grade year. Okay. Um, well, he was an assistant coach that first year okay. for eighth grade, but 
that's what he told me. You know, that's how I got on the eighth grade side. And then freshman year, he was the head coach. And that's how he recruited me my freshman year for varsity. Okay. So you didn't play any JV? Uh, eighth grade? No, I didn't. My okay. high school career? No, no, no JV. I played JV there. <laughs> <laughs> it was years uh, <laughs> ago, back in the late 70s or early 80s. I played JV there and then I played one year of travel. So uh, I didn't um, get the luxury of that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, anyway, what was I going to say? The, so, so you're, I kind of looked at your bio and I did do some research and, and all those years, TC Williams was really strong. And, and I say that because when I was, um, when I was playing, we were terrible. I we won one game when I played oh, the JV, I think the whole season and I forget who we beat, but it was, it was, it was the first year South Lakes high school was actually even a school uh, oh, that, that shows really? how far, far back it was. But, um, the, uh, the, they were good all four years. It sounds like when you were there, when I, under what it looks so how many, how many titles did you all taken? Was it the guns, the Patriot division or Patriot conference and then Gunston district if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I won both of them actually. Um, we, we had a winning season every season. We won the, in my four years, I won the two conferences. Uh, I was a finalist one year and then one year I was a semifinalist. Uh, every year we had a winning, like, we were either 15 and three, 15 and four, something like that. Those were the numbers for us. Sure. And I ended up uh, winning me and a different player who started our freshman year uh, named Gabriel Hendy. He now plays at Roanoke. He's a really good friend of mine. We both are tied with the most wins in TC Williams program history, actually, right. with a little over 50 wins. I think it's like with 52. Okay. Uh, Coach Pete is actually trying to get us up in the TC Williams Hall of Fame, like not Hall of Fame, but the leaderboards, you know, where you put in the achievements. Yeah. So that's actually a really cool thing. When he told me that, I was really fond of that. I was like, oh my God, that's a really exciting, you know, you're up with the greats. And yeah, definitely. My time there was magical. Well, that's impressive. What do you think made you guys so uh, so special in those years? It, I mean, obviously you you were there and you, you did your job, but was it you just had a lot of other players that came through the tra the, the, the travel system? Uh, no, no, that's that's actually the beauty in it with T.C. Williams. You know, we're not like Robinson or Woodson who have these travel players who just uh, – oh, or like Arlington schools who just have their travel teams putting players there. We had a lot of international kids who, you know, are just like me. Your parents immigrated here. And a lot of guys who didn't – who don't play travel soccer, but they just love the game. And we actually had a lot of guys who had raw ability that was able to implement themselves on the team and had something unique to offer to the team that just got us championships. Well, that's really cool. And actually that was one of the things I wanted to actually ask about. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask us in two different levels, but I'll start here. How did you, how did you rate the, the, the play from the associations of Alexandria and Arlington, which are both strong, obviously soccer associations. And they put out a lot of, they put out a lot of good teams versus your high school experience in terms of, I have heard, uh, a lot of soccer es experts say um, that, you know, it's, is it worth playing high school soccer? And, and a lot of times I've understood that some of the club soccer teams, you know, the associations don't want you to play high school because either the coaches they think aren't as good or they teach you a different style. So how do you, how do you feel about that in terms of you know, your high school experience versus your, your club experience? In club, in club experience, it's, it requires a massive amount of commitment from both you and your parents. You know, uh, it's definitely costly. That's something where it's all seriousness that, that it's like, are you related to the professional realm where in high school soccer, to me, that was more like, 
I'm playing for my pride. You know, it's free. You're sure. playing for pride, like your national side. That that's right. exactly what I mimic it to. Because while you make you get more money at the club level, say you're getting paid already, right? You get more money at the club level. Oh, and there's more better players at the club level. But you know, you you have that sense of pride where you want to play for your national side and like your high school side, playing for your school. That that's something to play for, playing for a team. Because that's what in T C Williams under Coach Peter Abed, uh, we had. Uh, big roster, but for 30 guys, it's, it's a family. It's a family thing, and that's what I really love compared to club soccer, and also reaching to academy soccer. You know, that, that requires the most commitment. That's sure. The most compet- that I'm not going to argue with the talent there at the club level. Uh, it's just it's different levels, but that's because you know people are coming from different cities, even different states to come train with whatever club level you're on, depending on the level you're on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so. So you would say you and would you recommend playing high school and would to people who are playing in these clubs and even possibly playing academy? Would you say you know you should go play for your high school? It's an experience. It's also part of being in high school. It's part of being a young adult. Yeah, um, I've actually I have a lot of mates in the in academy soccer, and uh, I, I would definitely recommend high school soccer because it's just something you're never going to get back and. There was a, actually this guy, uh, I think three years ago or four years ago, a lot of people know him by Lucas Mendez. He played mm-hmm. at this United Academy, but, and he was already committed to UVA. So yeah. for, his, for his senior year for Washington Liberty, um, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he left this United for the spring season to come play for high school soccer, and he just had a magical season and enjoyed his time. And it's just something a lot of academy players can do as well, but what I, I would definitely recommend it to the club level because it's How definitely the- doable. How about the level of play? Uh, would you say that your level of play in your high school team, especially with most of your seniors, would, would equal the level of play that you find in the club situation and maybe the academy with the same age groups? Or- uh, that, w- that would um, – because T.C. Williams had just a, a different level of talent compared to a lot of high schools, you know, compared to maybe Annandale or Hayfield. It's just <laughs> – I would stay at my club instead of coming at Hayfield. But T.C. Williams was just – you had guys in every position – coming mm-hmm. up to my senior year who were the best players in their club team. Right. And I remember my midfield had a guy, best player from BRYC, best player from Arlington, the O2s. And then there was me, my back line had a strong player from Alexandria, my goalie ODU. Like so a lot of, so a lot of the, it's, I, I mean, I've been out of soccer for a while in terms of the high school level and, and the club level at that level. But a lot of people, what you're saying is some people who live in Alexandria were actually playing for other clubs in the area like Braddock road youth yes. club. And, and, and so, and then they have come back to TC. So they weren't all playing for Alexandria's. System. Yeah. That's the thing. Huh? Alexandria had, has so much potential to be one of the best in the state, but a lot of us players who live in Alexandria, just, uh, I know we had two who went to Bethesda Academy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Which is a fantastic Academy. Oh yes, for sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. definitely up there. I think they even beat this United Academy a couple of times. So, but that's the thing uh, where Alexandria had so much potential, but all these players just spurred out to Arlington, BRYC, but that's Academy. And that yeah. was that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. Well, it sounds like you had a great experience and obviously coach Abed, uh, coach Abed, right. Am I saying his name right? Uh, coach Abed. Yeah. Coach Abed. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah that's why I always called him. Uh, so his, his coaching style was good with you in, in, in high school and whatnot. Yeah, it was like that's something that I really underestimated, you know, undervalued as well. That with your with your coach, it has to be someone you can trust, someone you can talk to, 
And it's not, it's not just, he's your, he's your boss and you gotta do what he says. It was more like a partnership. And that's what I really, um, admired in my time at TC Williams because you might not get that somewhere else. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Well, well, cool. All right. Well, let's move on to you. You said that in, in, uh, in your high school period, you were called up to the Olympic development program. Is that correct? And for Virginia? Yes. Uh, that was on my time in my second year of Arlington. Um, uh, a lot of the guys were getting introduced, uh, getting emails from the Virginia Youth Soccer Association for ODP. You know, we were getting, oh, come try out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Arlington's a top program, so a lot of guys would want to come and try out. And that's when I, when I finally got interested into that. I didn't know anything about it in the beginning, but ODP was where you get the best players of Virginia. Right. That's your best players. That's your best pool. And my two years there, or uh, yeah, two to three. My last year, I didn't do it because a lot of the talents uh, don't ever do ODP in their last year because that's their senior year. They, they're either doing academy or club soccer, but not ODP. So was it more trying out, just trying out and playing, or did they actually do some training that was in addition yeah, had, to what you were going through? Yeah, we had trainings uh, every Sunday. We mm-hmm. started tryouts in August, and then from September all the way till January, we trained. And then we had three events for the Virginia State level. Uh, and that's where we played against other states. I remember playing against North Carolina, Pennsylvania, uh, and New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, They were great, great they definitely good experience for, for me because you know you never get that uh, like every day and that was perfect yeah well that's cool it's it's uh it, it's definitely something i hear about it i don't know much about the olympic development programs but the odps but it's cool to know someone that's done it and it's cool to hear a little more about it and and how how long does it last was it basically trying to prepare you for playing in the olympics because you know i have to say i list i do listen to a lot of soccer podcasts uh, and they talk about, you know, like, let's say the Olympic team coming up, but most people that are going to be on the Olympic team. They're all playing professionally right now. You know, they're under 23 years old, but they're all sort of professionally playing and that's who they're going to draw into play in the Olympics. So how many people go through the ODPs and actually make it sort of on an Olympic team? Does that make um, sense? Yeah. On that, um, that the Olympic development program that I was in, it was a supplemental uh, training program to what we had already at the clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just another experience for training, playing, uh, getting your, your, uh, another training with the, the best players in the state. And I know some players who right now, a lot of players who are in the ODP alongside me uh, are playing college soccer as well. They right. might take that step afterwards. If they have the talent, but I know some guys, it, the state level, then the regional level, and then the national level. And I, there were some guys who re- made the regional level. Never the national level because that's just – I think that's just really rare, uh, especially if you're in the club level. I think it's just primarily for academy players. On to college. So you, you graduate TC with lots of honors. Um, first state that you were on the top tour soccer all American list. And, and I guess you were on the first team uh, all state and uh, yes. at least once and, and tw- twice you were on the first team all region and whatnot. So you, you have a lot of accolades. So you move on to college. Um, you ended up going to Tiffin initially. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And what took you there in terms of, would you have rather gone, I mean, now you're there, you, now that you're gone, <laughs> if you say, well, I'd rather have played for a different school or whatnot, but what took you there? Uh, 
when I was in my recruiting process, uh, when I was finally dictating my schools, you know, I had my list of schools. I had a couple of Division One schools that I was looking at, uh, a bunch of D2s that I was really interested in. I didn't look at any D3s because um, that, that just wasn't my focus because I knew the D2 level has the most international players and then Division One is obviously the highest. Um, leading up to my recruitment, uh, on my visit, I chose Tiffin because they were ranked nationally at a Division Two level. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to my visit, I was just told other things by the head coach than what actually happened. Sure. Did Did you see much playing time during that year? Uh, this, nah. this is this would be the 2019 season, correct? Yeah, it's my freshman year. Right. Uh, when I uh, my freshman year, I was recruited to be on the top 18. You know. Mm-hmm. The and and I, rec- I was recruited back in March. But even after that, the side was still recruiting, 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 leading to a surplus of players. And sure. now you have, like, this big amount of players and only spots for 18 guys for the first team games. Well, I did get to come to the games. I just wasn't able to, in the coach's mind, get into the field. And that, that really took a toll on me mentally because – yeah, back in March, I had so many options, play, uh, places with a leg scholarships to go play as well. But I decided to take a chance on Tiffin. Sure. And that's just ultimately that's what made me leave when I was just lied to. That's what I personally. That's how I feel. I was lied to from the head coach, and that just that killed our partnership. You know how I was right. saying with Coach Peter Abed or the Arlington coaches, you you have to build a partnership. It's not a boss boss or right. a player thing and i just i had to leave it was no other way around it right so you you didn't really play that year and then um this is sort of i ended up meeting you this summer which would have been the end of your first year at, at tiffin is that correct yes so you went to but you did to you did go through academically and, and finish your freshman year there yeah yeah my gpa i think it was pretty well I'm not okay no lie. that's good i just uh, sometimes you get caught up in the soccer and you forget there's actually an academic portion. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, of college. But so now you're, then you get, you transferred to Frostburg state, which is where you're at now. I didn't realize yeah. you, like I said earlier that you had already gone out there. Um, yeah. I'm but, down at Frostburg state, another division two school here in Maryland, actually. And how did you get picked up by them? Did you, did you send your CV and resume or did you reach out or? Uh, they were actually trying to recruit me uh, before my freshman year, you know, my senior year, uh, they were trying to recruit me. I was down at a CCL showcase down in Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and they they we talked on the side. We were talking. They're a newly promoted Division Two team. Right, at I the saw time, that. At the time, I was not interested. I, I didn't I didn't know how they were gonna fare in the Division Two level, coming from their just their new. But this past season, they really impressed me. When they had a good season, you know, a lot of guys knew their guys uh, on the roster. They're young guys. You know how how is that? They did well the first year, and that's what really convinced me. I I sent the co- when I handed my transfer request to my head coach at Tiffin. I just started looking at schools. I started sending my resume out. Started talking to head coaches, uh, see what I could do, and then I I gave it around two weeks. Just let the offers compile before I could start talking officially with anybody. And Frostburg was definitely on my mind, but in the beginning it wasn't at the top of my mind. But for leading further down on uh, April, May, that's when I, Frostburg was like, that's the place I want to go to. Sure. So have you, 
So you've already, I think early, you said you've already started training there. Is that correct? Uh, right now, because of the whole coronavirus, we're, I moved in on Monday, but every day we've been training with the guys, like without the coach, it's just playing like pickup or some little drills with the team uh, okay. every day now. But next week, we were just on a team call at, uh, earlier today and we got the word that we're going to be able to train next week on Wednesday. We're going to get our equipment on Monday. Oh, that's cool. I'm well, that's good. So you, have you met many of your teammates there? Yeah, uh, a lot of guys, you know, I really like them actually, you know, they, they're actually welcome. I didn't know anybody by name and, you know, it's hard playing soccer with people you don't, sure. you can't put a face to the name, but, you know, this came up to me, they gave me the hand, you know, hey, this is my, I'm a, I'm a second year, I'm a third year, you know, I'm playing with this on pay here. And just, if, you, if you need anything, just let me know. I was like, oh, that's, dude, that's actually really nice. Thank you, bro. And was, that's how it was. Are most of them from uh, the Maryland region or, or Pennsylvania or Virginia yeah. even? A lot of uh, guys I met, one played Juco soccer for his first two years. Uh, I don't know where. I think it's in Maryland. And he became All-American. He's a striker here now, and he's really good. As well as I met another guy, played for FC Frederick. Tall, tall center back coming from, yeah, FC Frederick. And then another from Pipeline up in Maryland, OBGC Rangers. A lot of top, top teams, as well as Baltimore Celtics. We have some guys from there, too. That's cool. Well, that sounds like that's like a good mix of guys you got there then. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, um, well, actually, let me, I, I raised this earlier and this is, I'm going to, you, you haven't, you haven't really, you didn't really play with Tiffin and it sounds like at Frostburg, you're going to get a good shot, but I wanted to get your thoughts. And this is where um, I, I interviewed another gentleman uh, who actually could have played for Hayfield, but he's gone sort of the club route. This was a guy named Christian Rodriguez who, decided to forego playing or going to college and he's sort of trying to take the pro route, you know, or, or the, you know, getting on teams and sort of moving with an agent. Uh, he started, I think when he was 18 or 19, he, he started even younger, but he, he decided that he was going to try to forgo college and, and go the different route. So going back to my question with high school and club soccer, do you think that there's a, a place, and this is something, again, I've heard on several podcasts, a place for college soccer for someone who is trying to make it in the pros in terms of uh, a lot of MLS, you know, there's the, the MLS draft that comes out and they have the college draft and, and a lot of those players go on and they do fairly well, but a lot of them, you know, they, they come in and then they kind of flounder and, you know, there's sort of a, a mix, but there's a lot of people who decide that they're going to try to go and sign a contract when they're 18 to play over in Europe or Latin America or even somewhere like the USL. Um, what are your thoughts on that in terms of playing college versus playing or versus sort of forgoing and getting an agent um, and trying to do it that route? And, and with college, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of mixed on it. I think there are a lot of players that come out of college. It does take four years off of their pro career sometimes, but it also prepares them a little more too, um, who may have been not ready to do it. I don't know. Yeah, that's, um, that's, very, that's a topic where it's a player, player by player basis, uh, you know, some guys at the age of 18 are ready for the professional level and they can, they can go straight, find their simple agent. You know, there's a lot of countries out there where you can go play professional. Uh, it just, it's to me, it's like you were saying where they take the four years uh, to get more experience, get better, and then reach the professional realm. Um, I think that's, that's something like a route I was, I'm planning to do, you know, I, I don't believe right now my age and my level, uh, if I'm being completely honest with myself, that I'm not ready for the professional level just yet. Um, I think I have, I have much to learn. I have still a lot to improve. And that's what I, that's why I chose a college route because 
there's two things that I can earn at think four year college. I can get better playing amongst the best players in the United States and I'm able to get my bachelor's degree. And yeah. that's my parents actually love because I'm the first to graduate. Uh, I was the first to um, attend college here in America and mm-hmm. I hope to be the first to graduate with a degree. Yes. And then lead the pathway for the family. So that's just, th- that's the thing that I could have gone overseas to South America. I, since I have dual citizenship with South America, yeah. I could have gone to Bolivia to try and play for professional teams there and try to get, get, my foot in the threshold mm-hmm. straight away but my my idea is i want to finish up my four years i want to have a good good seasons here my four years finish my bachelor's straight to professional round wherever it is i'm going i'll find right. an agent I'm, there's like there's no stopping me yet. once you get your mind set on something you go for it right well that's no, that's good it's good i think i i i admire you or or that you're going to do the uh uh, the degree. I think it's smart because you, you always have that to fall back on. What do you actually, what do you think I'm majoring in? Uh, so right now it's my major is in business. Uh, it's a concentration in management, but I also have, I'm doing a minor in uh, accounting. Okay, good. Those are, uh, those are, uh, those are uh, useful degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike my English degree that I got. <laughs> that's so, a degree yeah, that's, that my mom always tells me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So actually, I wanted to so I wanted to ask you about the uh, Bolivian. The Bolivian, uh, you had a national call up for the under twenty team there. Is that what I understand, or yeah, were this, you identified? Yeah, this summer was supposed to be uh, a great year, a uh, great great summer for me. Actually, I was supposed to travel down to Bolivia during the summer, um, but the whole pandemic that happened, I had we couldn't leave the United States. Um, they canceled that event. Uh, it was something that my father was already planning. You know, I was also going to go train with uh, some reserve professional teams as well down in Bolivia in my city called Cochabamba. That's okay. where my parents were born. And there's two great clubs down there called Aurora and Worcesterman that play professional soccer. So while I was going to be doing my identification camp for the Bolivian national team for the under 20s, um, I was going to try to see how the professional world works as well. So I guess I have to wait another year. So how did that, uh, how did the identification of you work? Did they, I mean, did you send them, did you send the the federation down there, your resume or were there scouts up here in the U S looking for possible dual nationals or Bolivians that are playing up in the U S necessarily that, that would, uh, um, uh, you know, send your resume or or send the tip back to their federation that, you know, Hey, here's somebody you should take a look at. So for, for me, how I work, um, my father, uh, he plays in some local adult leagues, uh, uh, like over 35s mm-hmm. here in Arlington, where the Longbridge area is. And his teammate is actually uh, Jaime Moreno. Uh, okay. I know who he is. Yeah, okay. Vamos <laughs> United. Yeah, the people who don't know him, he's a uh, DC United legend and Bolivian legend as well, one of the best Bolivians to ever play. Uh, who, but, is, he, is he a bigger legend than Etreveri or or Moreno? Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I think it's... <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm too young to watch him play still. So it's, it's definitely a topic for the old heads to discuss because I never got to watch him play personally. Right. But okay. I only know from the stories. Sure. So go ahead. So you said so like, he was playing with yeah. him. Yeah. So my dad, uh, my dad, when he was playing with him on the same team, you know, that's something he, he tells me they're good friends. And uh, my dad knows I, made, I make myself highlight clips uh, whenever I can with, uh, with the videos. 
and him when he he still has connections down there in Bolivia and somebody in the federation he told me that one of the head coaches for, for Wolsterman the team that I was going to go train with that that's how they got my highlight clip from a head coach he used that for me to come train with Wolsterman but he also sent that to the federation because he has a good friend in there as well right and they said hey you know this kid is good let's give him a shot you know he looks at the level that's what I assume <laughs> but that's what they said and from from there then they sent an email to my dad my dad talked to Hyman they they said they discussed if it was possible if I could come down for the summer you know they're having a little event you know for a lot of guys are scouting from their academy teams and that's that's where I decided that's when he told me you know right, right. when I was leaving Tiffin so that so that really that you mentioned about that really did screw up your your plans COVID did uh in, in terms yeah, of it was, it was one or the other because back in January, I tried out for an NPSL side called mm -hmm. Northern Virginia United FC. Yes. And that, that was my initial plan in the beginning. And only a couple, like maybe a month and a half later, my dad told me about the Bolivian, how I'm going to go Bolivia in the summer. So I had two options to yeah. do. And, and both then, of them fell through. Exactly. In, in a matter of days, everything gets canceled. The NPSL season gets canceled. I don't get a train. The Bolivian cancels their event because, you know, as everybody knows, Bolivia is a small country in South America. And, you know, they're considered like a third world country, if I'm being honest. And just the situation down there is not good. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh, the, uh, the the guy that I mentioned, Christian Rodriguez, he had gone and played in Salvador professionally down there. And he's, you know, had expressed frustrations with how, payments were made and sometimes the lack of payment and sometimes you didn't get paid for months, even though you were playing. And uh, it, it's a very different environment. I don't know if Bolivia is similar in that, in that realm or. or... I, I, I've definitely heard of that. I have a, I've definitely heard of that. I know my dad was telling me about some clubs down there in Bolivia. Well, it might, it might not be in where our city is and that Bolivia that does happen that where late payments happen. Uh, yeah. Coaches don't get paid as well for a long period of time. So I, I just, I pray to God that that doesn't happen to me as well. If I ever do go to Bolivia. Yeah. Man. Well, the, the, the unfortunate plans for you were fortunate for me because I was able to meet you out on the field that one day yeah. I think you were doing some training and I was kicking the ball around and then we just started chatting and I thought you had an interesting story, which is why I wanted to get you on the podcast. So a, a couple, I had some other quick questions. Actually, have you ever heard from the U S Federation by chance in the under twenties no. or anything? Not, not yeah. from the U.S., sadly. Yeah, <laughs> There's well. a lot of great talents in the U.S., I'm not, uh, to be truthful. You know, as you see, a lot of them are playing German national team now. I mean, sorry, in the German German uh, professional league. Yeah, but you you know what? You never really know what's going to happen. And I, 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 I don't know if you watched the movie that I recommended um, called uh, Rise and Shine, the Jay Demerit story. Oh, if, not yet, no. If not, I, I take, you should watch it because this is a guy who, you know, like yourself, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't even able to make it in the MLS. Uh, I mean, they didn't even. I think he. I think he got picked up by the Fire briefly out of college. He was not a college standout or anything, but he eventually made it over. He went over to Europe on his own, to England on his own, with a friend, and was playing in like a league lower than what the NPSL would be. And he slowly got picked up and picked up and picked up. And the next thing, he got picked up by Watford, uh, and he was playing for wow. Watford and and helped him uh, get promoted into the Premier League. And then he got picked up by the U.S. national team. So, you know, there are stories that are made. It may be hard, but they, they do happen. Um, as long as there's a chance, you know, I'm, I'm still fighting. Don't, don't ever think that I'm going to slow down or that's, that's not one of my goals because in the end, you got to reach for the sky. <laughs> and, so, 
Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. So when you talked about professional, uh, your plans, so you, you, if, when you finish college a couple of years from now, um, obviously, you know, you might go to Bolivia, you said, uh, would you rather, would you like to stay here if the MLS was sort of, if you got, if, if your playing time at Frostburg goes up and you become a standout there and, you know, you sort of get picked up in the MLS super draft, would you prefer to stay here, you think, or would you still look at, at going down to Bolivia? It would be a conversation, or even the U.S. or even the U.S.L. I was going to say that the U.S.L. Yeah, um, it would be like when I when I graduate my college years, uh, I plan to get an agent. I know a lot of guys who say agent. That's how, that's how everything starts. Uh, that's a discussion for me and my agent. I I would love to stay here, you know, playing the MLS or the U.S.L. and then work my way up to the MLS, you know, because I know it's. Everybody thinks about the MLS. Oh, it's not a good league. That's oh, that's mediocre. It's a good league. It is. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. you underestimate it too much. Yeah, and there are people who get played plenty of money in there who, who are just average players. You know, so it's that's at this saying, point, yeah. it's it's a good league, and I mean, it's still it's not the one of the top five leagues, but it's certainly in the yeah. top twenty. Or <laughs> yeah, you it's know, not the La Liga or Premier League. Top ten. It's probably even closer in the top ten. I mean, um, but go ahead. Yeah, if my chances become more a reality more than a dream here in the united states then it all depends on how opportunities come you know when one door closes another might open and the sure. united states is it's still in my mind it's the same yeah. way as europe is on my mind and australia even yeah the united states and the south america is on my mind there's no there's no discussion about it so what have you speaking of pro teams what do you have you heard about the the? Have you heard about NISA, the the new league? It's a professional league. They have the uh, yes, you know, yes. Cosmos are in it. Now we have the Maryland Bobcats. Yes, I'm, I'm, I've actually talked to uh, a team that's actually playing in that in the independent cup right now called the uh, Baltimore yeah. FC Baltimore Christos. Yeah. Christos, yeah. Yeah, um, I've actually spoken to them a bit about talking, uh, hopefully playing on their NPSL side as well. Um, but that might be something that happens in the future. We never yeah. know. Well, hopefully, uh, I, I was going to say the the Bobcats. I was in touch with their general manager. Uh, I think it's general manager um, Evan. I can't remember his last name right now. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, um, you know, they they this meteoric meteoric rise of this the Bobcats, which started out and they won. You know, they won the Maryland majors, I think, and then they jumped over to the UPSL, uh, and they yes. won that in their first year, and then they were going to join the NPSL but then decided to try to join uh, NISA as well uh, instead. Um, and they seem primed to, to do fairly well there. And, and they look like they got, you know, good management. And, and, and I, you know, I, I think that league is, I mean, personally, I, I like, I would like to see another league challenge the MLS into such a closed system in the USL as well. Uh, so this, I don't know if it'll go anywhere. It could be folded in, you know, five years or something, but uh, you know, I, I wish it well. And I, I, I always, I'm always curious about people like yourself, I guess you, you know, if they had a contract and you couldn't find another place to play, you'd probably play there. But, uh, you know, what do you think about something like NISA? Uh, that, yeah, that's definitely a new league that I, I don't have much information on. I've never – I only know about the clubs in that league. I know I know some – I actually have a friend who played in the NISA league down in, in California. Uh, he joined from DC United Academy to Latin United, and then he went to 1904 FC. Okay, yeah. Uh, but now he's back here. I don't know what his plans are from now, but he was actually a top player who played in the Nisa League. Okay. Um, well, speaking on the Maryland Bobcats, uh, I and my plans. Evan Ramis, that's his name. Sorry, it just came to me. The the general manager. Oh. <laughs> um, in in the next year or so, 
um, when I come back again for the summer, if, depending on how things are, what happens, uh, or even during the winter, uh, Maryland Bobcats have actually announced their second team. We're mm-hmm. going to be competing in the MPSL or UPSL, actually. Yeah. And uh, that's something I'll try to do as well to add another thing to my experience. I'll try to join their second team as well. So let's talk uh, what you're doing this fall. And actually, uh, one reason we're talking today is because I saw you playing in a scrimmage uh, or a preseason friendly with Motoric FC from Alexandria. And I said, you know what? I, I realized uh, for whatever reason, uh, I didn't get back to Scott. Part of it was I went to the beach, I know. And then part of it's just my mind lapsing and other things popping up. But I saw you and I'm like, you know, I need to get to this because I talked to him about it. Um, so you are playing this fall with Motoric FC. Uh, a, a young sort of upstart team. Actually, they've been around, what, two to three years? And as a matter of fact, I interviewed the, uh, on one of the, a previous podcast, Mr. Kenny Tebow, the founder of it. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what that experience has been like and, and how you got hooked up with them. Um, I was actually surfing through, uh, uh, you know, DMV soccer, you know, all the clubs around here. You know, during the summer when, I, when the, MPS, the MPSL season got canceled, I was like, shoot, what am I going to do? I got to I gotta join a team. I got to get some of my training in. And I was just looking through Twitter, looking for teams, local teams, or anywhere under an hour drive is fine with me. That's where I'll go. And then I saw a team called Motor FC based in Alexandria. Uh, it, it looked pretty well run. Um, I spoke to Kenneth uh, like late, late in August about – I was sending out my information to Kenick. I was talking to Kenick about how he does the team, what's the information about. And, you know, it's definitely well run by him. I, that's why I do respect about Kenick, that he, he runs his team, the program really well. And I went to one session back in August. I wasn't very convinced with it, how everything was played out, but that's because it was just like a sort of first session back. Tryout. Yeah, it was like a first session back from uh, COVID. So not a lot of guys were there. It was just a kind of pickup thing. But I had a former teammate, uh, Emmanuel, who plays at Motorik. Uh, he's a center back there. He's actually a really, really good center back that has the potential to play college soccer, but financially he can't. So that's he, – he's the one who got me intrigued with Motorik. And I was like, hey, this is like a Liverpool rebuild, if I'm being honest. You yeah. know? And I was like, hey, let me get some guys coming through. You know, I want this team to be good. I want to be a part of something where I can have a hand in helping out the team and being somebody who's a focal player. And I reached out to a couple of players, well, not a couple, a lot, <laughs> a lot of players to come out to train, to come out, see the team. And I was, I heard that my head coach from TC Williams, Peter Abed, was uh, thinking about being a head coach there as well. And I immediately shot him a message. I was like, Hey coach, I, I'm going to be one of your players. You should, <laughs> you should definitely be a coach. I want to be, I want, I want you to be my coach again. Reunited again. Yeah. And when him being appointed as a coach, that really convinced a lot of the players who, who were like one of the best local players who graduated now, but still in the area, that definitely convinced a lot of players, oh, hey, he's the coach now. You know, Scott, he's a reliable guy. You know, he plays good. I sure. guess we'll have something. And now this past Thursday, uh, yesterday, actually, they finished their last day of tryouts. And it's very promising. I'm, I'm – I don't know what's going to happen this season. It's, I'm hoping undefeated, undefeated season in the Maryland Major League. 
Yeah, and get promoted up to the first division, which is oh, I know yeah. his his dream uh, to get up there. At least it, it, that's that's his first dream. He has lots of dreams. I've talked to him about it. Okay. But, uh, really? Getting promoted to the first division and and being able to play against teams like Christos and and uh, and some of the other world class Premier and some of the other big ones. Oh um, yeah, I definitely hope that does happen. You know, a small startup, but like the Maryland Bobcats, little by little, yeah. little by little. That's, that's what makes it. So, that's that's why a league like NISA, for example makes it worthwhile for some of these teams because there's something to to uh gear for and get up to you know and, yeah, and move uh-huh. and work towards so but how, let me ask you in your um uh, in your opinion the talent on motoric and the sort of level of play do you equate it to sort of lower level college or high i i wrote an article about them about a year ago and i i kind of said i went out and watched the full game it was it was great and i, and I you know I, i'm a supporter of theirs so um it, you know i, I said you know, it, it was free, first of all, and it was close by. You didn't have to go into D.C. United. You know, you don't have to drive 45 minutes. I mean, I know it's, it's not that far, but to get into the stadium from where I am in Alexandria, for example, it, it's a little bit of a haul, either metro or driving and whatnot. So, yeah. you know, I, I showed up there, and, you know, it was a competitive match, and I, I would say the play was certainly, you know, college level, probably lower college level. I mean, it's not, let's say, Stanford or UVA, I don't think, at this point, but it's, it's certainly – approaching it i don't know how did you feel about it or how do you feel about it i guess uh, right now uh since i'm fairly i'm still fairly new to the team and still fairly new to uh, the the team that's about to form with the new guys uh i wouldn't i wouldn't rate it so maybe could be at the lower level of college soccer because there's just so well some guns are convincing some guys aren't you know there's a lot of talented guys on the team and and that's what I've noticed. It seems like there's a lot of guys that have, seem to have uh, naturally, you know, natural talent, but they haven't been coached a lot. Or they, you know, they're a lot. Of, they're individually, they're kind of skilled, but when they're playing on a team, they seem to kind of, they're a little loose, I guess. Or I don't know. Do you see that? That's it's still fairly new to say, but I, with the in a couple of weeks, I would definitely be able to answer your question <laughs> right now, like whether you're a straight yes or a straight no. Yeah, but I know. I do know with some guys, you know, the captain for Motorik, um, Robert. He's been playing with Motorik since the beginning, and yeah. he's actually a really good center back. Yes, uh, alongside Emmanuel. Um, and maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to answer your question. And I hope to say that we'll, I'm very confident that we could take lower level like D3s uh, face on, or even right. you know, Juke a lot of Juke Shockers. But right now, I can't really answer that question because I I haven't seen right. them at first. You team. still. Well, you have another couple preseasons coming up against, I guess, Appalachia FC, a new team formed out of West Virginia. That's uh, uh, that sounds promising, and I know Kenny was super supportive of. Uh, he wanted, to, he thought there'd be there should be a team out there represented in sort of a elite amateur soccer. So it sounds like someone took the bull by the horns and created a team. But you got them, and you got Steel Pulse coming up, I, another yeah. somewhat powerhouse. It sounds like in the in Maryland majors. I think they were in Division One. They may have dropped down, but they were undefeated last season, as I saw. Uh, in the in the division one, so they may be back up, but you'll get a good chance to play against them. Um, actually, um, Steel Pulse actually got promoted to uh, right. back. No, like this oh. season, this season got promoted to a different league. Oh, the Nice, uh, yeah, the uh, Northeast Soccer League. There's two things going around. I I'm getting confused. There's one's like the Northeast yeah. Soccer League, and the other's like the North. Yeah, it's like a regional league, right? With the yeah, link. Yeah, with that's- champions with champions. I'm not. I, I forget which one they're playing in, but. Um, yeah, that should be a good. I definitely want to get out and, and watch that. That that's one. gonna be a strong team right there. I'm, that's a tough game right there. Appalachian is this weekend, this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
it's good that they're coming from West Virginia here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope we get a win. I'll be there. I'll be there for sure. I yeah. hope we, we can. Well, I do plan. I do plan to be out there when, for that one. So, so let me ask you, uh, jumping over, who who else in your estimate around here are players that are worth keeping an eye on that you've seen that are definitely up and coming? Uh, what do you mean? Well, like, have you seen other players that you see like, man, that guy, he's definitely going to be something, you know, someone you may have played with, for example, uh, any names, that's what I'm saying. Like anybody that you, that you think that guy's going to be, he'll certainly be in the MLS or, or, you know, going to Europe and he's only 16. Um, you know, have you seen anybody that you would say, I think is, this is the next up and comer in this area? Oh, I think there's definitely a lot of the guys who I've played with that, you know, that are one of the best, you know, I know, um, uh, uh, Dennis Mensa, you know, plays at, played at the Desk Academy and now plays at James Madison University. Okay. Uh, it was, he's a number nine there. I think okay. he, he's young. He's, he's actually younger than me by a week, actually. And that's what's really interesting, where he's just such, such a talented player. And he has my full support because I know he can definitely go to MLS. Okay. Um, that's, the, that's the one guy I think that, oh, that's a straight shooter. That's the guy who's going, you know, there's no stopping him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as long as he stays committed and stays true to his craft, I don't see why not. Is he um, from? He he was from. Is he from Alexandria and then went to Bethesda? Yeah, uh, he he moved. I think I, I don't want to say where he came from, but I know he came from somewhere else. And he started his career at Alexandria for a long, long time, and then went to Bethesda. No, went from Alexandria then to Arlington, and then went to Bethesda. Okay, okay. Um, there's a lot of other guys I played with that are really good. You know, some young guys uh, I know. Let me see one player, uh, one player that I don't really talk too much, but I, I was able to play one season with him at my senior year at TC Williams called Hyro. Uh, he's a really good player. He's in O, I think he's in O2. You said Hyro? Hyro? Yeah, Hyro. Uh, okay. So he's a really good player. Um, he, him, he was telling me something about going to Netherlands, him and uh, another guy called Jeff. Uh, they're both really good players young players that they're going to go try on Netherlands and see if they can try any professional aspirations. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like they can. I feel like yeah. they're young. They're really good players. And as long as they stay committed, that's the only thing that matters. You got to stay committed. You got to keep the competitive edge and there's no stopping you. Well, I think the, I think the more uh, U S players that get to Europe, you know, Pulisic and Reina and McKinney and these younger guys come over, it makes people look at the U S a little more for, for talented upcoming players. Oh, that is true. I do really hope more scouts come over. You know, I, now that America soccer is getting at such a global stance, you know, you got guys all over Europe from here to the United States. It, yeah. could, it could open a bridgeway, and that's what I hope. Definitely. Uh, random question I'm going to throw in here. When you're playing a match, how long does it take before you feel like your legs are starting to give out on you? <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the reason I asked that is I was jogging today. And sometimes when I jog, like in the first four blocks, I'm like, man, I'm really, I mean, I'll end up going, you know, three miles or something, but like the first four or five blocks, I'm like, my legs are so tired suddenly. I mean, I keep going and keep going, but I wonder like someone like yourself who's fit, how long, and I, I play in a men's, you know, or I'm sorry, a over 40 master's league. It's a co-ed, to be honest with you, not men's. Um, <laughs> but, but sometimes I get on there within four or five minutes, I'm like, I'm pretty exhausted. And you know, I mean, I'm, I'm older and I'm out of shape, but I always wonder like yourself, when you're on a, on the field, whistle blows. How soon into it are you like, man, my legs are burning right now? And, and that feeling, I don't think I've. I'm being fun, truthful. I don't. I've never been like a leg. Like it only happens if um, uh, shin, shin, shin splints. Shin like splints, when yeah. you're 
Yeah, when your leg is super tight. That that's the only times I'm like, oh my leg, I can't. Let me let me walk for a couple seconds. But getting dead tired, that's it doesn't really happen until the end of the match. You know? Really. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. it's good. It's good. Yeah. You're super in shape. I've never been super in shape, but I'm always just curious if, if, if people feel the same way, like, you know, is it, or, I mean, is there a certain initial, I guess, probably, is there a certain initial 10 minutes that you kind of feel winded, but then you sort of relax into the game, the flow of it, when then it's like not a big deal where you may be doing too much running initially or something. Does that ever happen where you're trying to either be too impressive or go out the team too hard? Uh, no, I don't, I, I, I don't really think about it. Like, you know, I never, on my fitness, it's just, it's just naturally there. Yeah. You know, I train on my fitness, uh, outside the pitch. So yeah. when it comes to game time, I don't even have to think about my fitness, about how I'm aired out or how much my chest is hurting or my legs are hurting because I just do it on a daily basis already. So yeah. by game time, I don't, I don't have, I'm only worried about putting the goal in the other team's net. Right. Well, you know, I was going to say, I was just going to compliment you because when I saw you last week in that preseason friendly uh, for Motorik, you did seem uber composed on the ball. And, and you, you definitely seemed like a notch above a lot of the people out there, uh, I, I thought, in, in terms of control and positioning. And, you know, I, I noticed your head was always swiveling back to make sure who was behind you and checking yourself and whatnot. So, I, I mean, you definitely have have the tools to to get it done and and i think you're obviously going to bring motoric a lot of success um along the other guys out there obviously thank you for noticing that's uh a really hard catch what advice would you give younger kids younger boys and girls who might be listening to this uh or might listen to it in terms of you know how to move forward in their soccer career for young people, you know, at that young age, you never, you, you play soccer for the fun of it. You know, we want, we want the support of our parents. We want that, but we never really think about how much of an impact it really does. Individually, as young players, I wish I would have started as competitively I am now. You know, it, it does matter. The hours you put in matter. I might be saying this illegally, but I might have dragged myself to practice when I was like 15 or 14 <laughs> when, without my permit yet. Yeah, because my parents were just working out late. At a certain point of time, while well, you have these young guys playing at academy soccer already, and you might just be, be playing club soccer, it, yeah, that, that won't matter as long as you're training every day, tr being focused to your craft, putting the hours necessary, you know, focusing on your technical side, mm -hmm. on your fitness side, and also on your strength side. That. Yeah by the time you reach the age where you might hit college soccer at that age, you'll probably be at the same level or even a higher than the guy who's been playing academy soccer. And that's what I admire. Um, when I think back to myself, uh, I, I started below a lot of guys who were already playing club soccer forever, you know, or playing academy soccer. And they were just so much better than me at the young age. And, you know, you know, kids, kids at that age would love to make fun of each other. And, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm so much better than you. I play for this team. Now you play for this team. But now at the age of where I'm at now and where they are, where's the difference, right? We're, sure. we're there. And I might be even better than you because you lost commitment. But I stayed committed since the beginning. Right. My advice for the young guys would just be you got to be your own motivation. You got to right. find what pushes you. And if you truly love this sport, go out, enjoy it, and become the best you can. Yeah, it can't be your parents pushing you. It has to come from within. 
Yeah, that's that's what because a lot of parents do push their kids. I've seen it around here. They push them because they want them to get a scholarship or they want them to go on and do things. And the kids aren't really that is, as interested. They want to have a childhood, and that's good too. But yeah, I mean, if obviously if you're motivated, it's got to come within. You got to be the kid saying, "I want to do this." Vice the parents saying, "I want you." Yeah, exactly. To you gotta you gotta love the game. Yeah. If you want, if you truly want to push forward at the competitive level. You have to have some love for the game. You can't just be dragging to go to the field. That's one thing that I think people underestimate where you got to love what you do. You know, the same thing we talk about work. Oh, I don't want to go to work because how oh, I'm going to be there for eight hours, five hours. I don't want to go to work. I never say that about the pitch and I never want to say that. I'm sure. like, oh, I'm going to field. I love it. Did you love it? You love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. So one, one or two final questions. One, so do you have a club you follow? A team you support? A professional team? Yeah. Oh, my. I cannot say it because we recently got destroyed. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is it, was it Barcelona, possibly? I don't know. <laughs> yes, it was Barcelona. Um, okay. I was I was at that point when it hit eight goals. I, I posted it on my Snapchat. I was, I was just laughing. You know, at that point, I, I was not mad. I was not sad. I was just like, wow. I'm in disbelief. That's yeah. what just happened. It was pretty brutal. I saw most of that game. It was, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, I fell in love with how they played, and that day was just not – it didn't tick. It didn't tick. Yeah. Well, look, they, they have enough championships. We know that, and they'll, I'm sure will be back at some point, and maybe next year or so. The, and, then, and then out of that, do you have a player that you sort of emulate or that you like, that you admire, that you, that you try to be more similar to on the pitch, let's say? Uh, oh, everybody. Everybody loves – everybody knows. It's either Cristiano or Messi. Okay. Me. I'm, I'm more towards a messy guy, you know, the underdog guy, the guy who's, who, you know, he's, he's a small guy like me. We're both five, seven, you know, sure. you know, he's the underdog, but at the same time, he's not the underdog because he'll take your whole team out in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So I admire Messi a lot and I, I try to mimic my game to him, you know, with the creativity, the technical aspect of that, although I'll never reach his level. I, I admire him so much. And never say never. Come on now. <laughs> he, he's, he's the, he's the benchmark. That's what I want to say. He's the benchmark. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Scott, I I appreciate you being on the show today uh, and and good chatting with you and good getting to know you. And I'm certainly going to come out and see some more moderate games. So as long as you're on the team, I'll be definitely watching. I'll be keeping tabs on Frostburg this year as well. Oh, yeah. I hope we do have a season. But for Moderick, if we don't have a season for Frostburg, uh, I don't mind coming out to Moderick and coming playing some games. And uh, hopefully I'll see you there and yeah. we'll win the season. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, we will check back in with you later in the year, do another quick podcast, an update on how you're doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really appreciate for this opportunity. You know, this is, I hope this is first of many. And I hope this is uh, just a start, you know. All right. Well, I, I wish you great success. All right. Well, thank you for having me, Taylor. All right. Take care. I want to again thank Scott for being on the podcast and I look forward to catching you all next time on the Jackson City Social Club.